are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an August 5th Sunday night edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today sports media group, and your host here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I know it's been a little while since we potted. Forgive me, it is a very slow season right now for the Blazers, and uh, we will discuss some of Neil Olshay's latest comments, um, continuing to give us uh, the sound bites that um, I don't know if anybody's asking for them at this point. Uh, I, I don't think people are too interested really in hearing um, more from Neil Olshay. I, I get trying to get out and control the message uh, totally, but um, you know, it does seem like I feel like the general sentiment. Uh, from people that I talk to, people that care about the Blazers, people that you know follow them really closely, is that you know they're they're kind of tired of hearing it now. You know that they did what they were gonna do. You know, especially after leading into the off season with uh, a statement that the the Blazers were gonna add veteran talent, um, and 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 then for them to add to get younger, really. Uh, was really a surprise. So I think I, I, you know, I think that's probably where most of the sentiment is coming from. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. What some of the stuff he talked about in, in his interview with Brooke Olsendam uh, the other day. But uh, it's already I can't believe it. It's the first week of August, but now that the NBA season starts a little bit earlier, uh, it's two weeks earlier now than it used to be. It's going to start in the middle of October which means that the gambling for the NBA season and the projections has also moved up. And today, uh, this evening, actually, we got our first taste of the NBA over-unders from the Las Vegas Westgate Superbook. And also, before the weekend, we also had the ESPN Real Plus Minus projections for all of the teams in the NBA. So uh, we're going to talk about those projections right now. And we're going to start off with the... Um, let's start off with the good one, I guess. Uh, Kevin Pelton has the Blazers finishing 8th in the Western Conference. And that is a fall from finishing 3rd last year. Although you may recall there was a very small, small gap between 3rd and 8th. So, uh, you know, the Blazers could have been in 8th, had a couple things not gone their way. But they did it. They finished 3rd. And uh, despite the fact that they did finish third, they did get younger, as I mentioned, and, and in a big way, you know, not just the guys that they added, but the guys that they lost, Shabazz Napier and Ed Davis, they were sixth and seventh on the Blazers last season in terms of real plus minus. So uh, the, the real plus minus projections from Kevin Pelton at ESPN not liking the fact that Portland lost two major contributors, two guys that they counted on night in and night out for production last season and to help them win games last season. And I think that that is, is really important and is going to be one of the things that the Blazers are going to have to overcome for, for them to, to really outplay 
being barely a playoff team or potentially even missing the playoff team of uh, playoffs excuse me they're, they're gonna have to really outperform their projections in a lot of different ways um and Pelton has them in the real plus minus projections have them just edging out the the Los Angeles Lakers which is really interesting I think Portland you know that there's a, a track record there with Damon CJ that they're able to get the team to the playoffs uh, whereas the Lakers just you know they have LeBron James but this is LeBron James's first year in the Western Conference and I think um, the the other pieces around him I think the the analytics especially uh, have a lot of reason to be skeptical but uh, the next projection or the next uh, the the gambling uh, portion of this the Las Vegas Westgate Superbook as I mentioned at the top release their over under totals for the season and Portland is at 41.5 total wins last year so only 42 wins just to be above 500 would get you your money uh, from the Las Vegas Westgate Superbook and uh, it's really interesting to see that that's where Portland is, and that would keep them out of the playoffs. Uh, looking at the rest of the conference standings, uh, Portland is is out right now, according to these over unders. You've got teams like Denver at forty seven and a half. That's much higher than Portland. Uh, San Antonio they lost Kawhi Leonard, but they're still projected to win more games at forty three and a half. Utah. That is the big team coming in. Them and Oklahoma City are the big favorites. Utah coming in at 48.5 and OKC at 50.5, which is quite something. Uh, I guess they think that losing Carmelo Anthony is really going to end up being a major plus for them. You've got New Orleans at 55.5, Minnesota at 44.5. The Lakers at 48.5 with LeBron James. Uh, Vegas definitely liking the Lakers a lot more than the ESPN real plus minus projections. Uh, it, it has to be stated whenever talking about gambling that the, the, the over-unders are influenced by the betters to some degree, We the degree of which we don't know, but that is part of the gambling game. So um, you've got a lot of Lakers fans probably laying, wanting to lay action on the Lakers that you know maybe would be a different thing um, if you were another team. But uh, you know, with Lakers, the Knicks, you know, teams like that often get um, much higher. Uh, either they'll have worse odds. Uh, in terms of betting, or they'll have you know a higher win total because fans of those teams, there's just more of them, and so they'll bet on those teams more. Um, other Western Conference teams: Houston at 54 and a half, Golden State, the highest number at 62 and a half, and then you've got a lot of other teams like Memphis at 34, the Clippers at 35 and a half. So uh, Portland kind of in the mix but out of it um just on the outside looking in according to these projections and uh you know that's going to be the test for this team right now they're going to come in underestimated which sometimes you know especially with Damian Lillard has worked in their favor uh and with CJ McCollum you know the, the 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 first year after LaMarcus left comes to mind as a year where the Blazers really surprised some people but you know that though that season wasn't without its uh hiccups early on and and Portland has unfortunately had early season hiccups often except for last year where they kind of shook them off and 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 played 
decent winning basketball early in the season only to uh, you know kind of see it evaporate in in the postseason so uh, the, the Blazers expectations are I think we can definitely say I think the vibe amongst Blazers fans has been this and and I, it's reflected here in the Vegas odds and in the uh, ESPN real plus minus projections that you know it it looks like they've taken a step back. They've taken a step back until proven otherwise. And, uh, you know, that's all the, the Blazers can really, or that's all we can really go off of. That's what the betting public can go off of. That's what the projections can go off of. And, you know, until the Blazers truly find real replacements for Ed Davis, maybe that's Zach Collins. You know, maybe that's a guy that can step in and, and really even improve the Blazers and uh, in, in stepping into the Davis role, even though there's a lot of things that you miss without da- without Davis that you know don't necessarily count in the stat sheet. Uh, Collins, if he can come in and knock down some shots, make some good decisions out of the pick and roll, continue to improve and be a force on the defensive end, continue to to get bigger and be stronger to, to bang down low with you know the way things are in the NBA now, where nobody calls anything down there under the basket. You've got to be strong. Uh, Collins, you know, th- this is a big year for him. Uh, Portland outplaying their projections and their over-unders is going to have to do a lot with him, whether he can be as much of an impact player or maybe an even higher impact player with his shooting than Ed Davis was. Uh, you know, that's going to be a tough ask because Davis is an elite rebounder and, and missing that is big. But you know, you've got that and then you've got, uh, you know, the the group of shooters that the Blazers have brought in, Seth Curry, Nick Stauskas, Gary Trent Jr., and, and even to an extent Jake Lehman, who you know is projected to get some playing time but hasn't won a rotation spot yet uh, during his time with the Blazers, you know, entering his third season now. You've got a lot of unknowns there, but you also you know if if you. You're idealizing those guys. If those guys can shoot 39, 40% from three around CJ and Dame and, and really create some, some space and, and, and create some, some problems for defenses outside of those two guys, that's going to be big. If, if Nurkic can, can shoot a little bit better, if he can improve, he's only 23 years old, 24. So, uh, you know, there are some, you know, candidates for potential improvement. Uh, but it, you know, it goes without saying that again, the, the, the workload on Damian Lillard is going to be big here and, um, they're going to need more from just the guys that they added. They're going to need more from guys that they kept. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about, uh, one of the things that Neil Olshay said that I found interesting that I wanted to touch on. And then, uh, after that, we're going to talk about Mo Harkless, a guy who I think is going to be really important for the Blazers this coming season. So we'll be right back. And we're back here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I wanted to talk about one thing that uh, made headlines kind of from from Neil Olshea uh, in his interview with Brooke Olsendam about the Blazers. And, um, you know, he, he talked about how Damian Lillard's leadership is really invaluable and, and how, you know, how important it is to have his leadership and, and the great things that his leadership can create uh, with the way that he leads. And and while Damian Lillard has reiterated that he wants to be here, that he's not unhappy uh, with the Blazers and their direction, uh, I think there is 
there has to be some concern from, at least from me, on putting too much on him. I know that he's a, an amazing leader. I know that he can really rise to the occasion in a lot of ways, but um, it, it doesn't it doesn't help him by making his job harder. And I think that's one of the the, the things that I'm you know really focusing on with this Olshay thing is it, it does seem like maybe Dame's leadership gets taken for granted by Olshay, the fact that he is so great at, at, at getting the best out of guys, and he can do that, but, you know, I think part of the problem is is that the, the financial stuff with the Blazers has, has really screwed them so much that they can't make uh, the veteran moves that Olshay talked about wanted to make the moves that I think Damian Lillard wants, the moves that I think CJ McCollum wants, guys that are ready to play in the postseason and ready to deliver. Uh, and I know that Dame is a trooper. He's going to come out there. He's going to give his hardest. He's going to try and lead the the young Blazers out there, the, the, the guys that they added. But it hurts to not add more guys with playoff experience. It hurts to not be able to swing a trade for someone that, you know, has delivered in the postseason before. And, and that's partly because of their financial situation. But um, it, part of me does worry about putting too much on Damian Lillard. And I think um, this goes back to what I talked about when the uh, Davis thing happened, which is that, you know, him being upset with the Davis move and not being happy about that, that, I, to me, was a sign that, hey, I, I can't, you know, I, how much more are you going to ask of me to do? And uh, I, I think that that also put, it, put more pressure on him because the way he talked, the way he's talking, the way he's postured, um, that he wants more help. So that, in another way, that puts more on him. So, uh, potentially, Olshay um, is trying to to kind of you know lather him up a little bit with with talk of uh, how great of a leader he is with about five weeks to go until training camp to kind of get him hyped up for it. Um, and I, I don't doubt that he's up for the challenge, but uh, you know how many times are you going to make him go to this well with young guys? Uh, and that's really the thing that I have trouble with where I know that the NBA is 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 becoming younger they're a younger league uh, you look at Philadelphia you look at Boston you look at the Lakers around LeBron James you know lots of young teams even even Golden State to an extent but uh, the main guys on Portland's team are not getting any younger they're entering the primes of their career specifically Dame and at some point you need guys that he doesn't have to teach about what it means to play postseason basketball or what it means to play big games in the NBA. Um, uh, at some level, I, I, I think he's going to get tired of this kind of coaching up guys that have never been there before. And sometimes it works out and uh, you outperform and you get lucky in the playoffs. But other times it's... Uh, really difficult to to do that and and sometimes you can really run into a lot of headaches early on in the season that in the western conference uh you know could cost you a playoff spot eventually so i I think it's going to be really interesting what happens here neil olshay highlighting damian lillard's leadership once again i don't doubt that that is uh, an incredible resource for the blazers but um you know how much can you lean on that that intangible thing to really get results out of your team and i you know i believe in the intangibles i leave i believe in the team camaraderie i believe in 
togetherness and 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 being more the sum of your being more than the sum of your parts especially in basketball um but at some level in the nba you've got to have the talent to win and uh maybe maybe there's some guys on here that are going to outperform but uh you know just on the looks of it it, it's going to be a tall order for damian lillard the pressure is going to be on him again and you know being first team all nba last year uh you know he he was going to have to live up to expectations anyway so uh it's going to be a tough one for him but i I think he's ready for it but i I think it's interesting that that olshay was really focusing on lillard's leadership when um it's kind of been the most uh, important thing that's held a lot of this, that's held all of this together between him and and, and Terry Stotts' coaching uh, and, and CJ McCollum as well. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna talk about what to expect from Mo Harkless next year, uh, a guy who is going to be very important to Portland's potential success and whether they outplay any of these projections next season. And we're back here on Lockdown Blazers for our last segment of the show. We're gonna talk about Mo Harkless. Uh, a guy who has had an up-and-down career with the Trailblazers and and really throughout his entire NBA career, I think, has been... Uh, I think it's, you know, been signified by uh, inconsistency. Uh, you know, that has been, unfortunately, Harkless's M.O. is that he's consistently inconsistent. He has uh, become a, a better shooter in the past couple of seasons. He had a really nice shooting season last year but he he played a lot fewer minutes last year averaging less than seven minutes seven minutes less per game last year he played nearly two thousand or nearly a thousand fewer minutes last season for the trailblazers but you know he has been a positive portland has played some of their best ball with harkless on the court and you know some people could you know say that his absence in the in that new orleans series and him not being 100 percent you know having a surgery right before that really compromised the Blazers because he was shooting the ball well. He was a guy that was able to give you the 3 and D, that was able to maybe post up occasionally and and give you a little bit of extra offense um, when, when you needed it in a pinch, especially in a playoff setting. And uh, not having him definitely hurt. He really played well at the end of the season, but he didn't deliver at the beginning of the season. And I think... Uh, this is a big season for him. You can see him on Instagram. He's he's training every day, which is great. It's, it's awesome to see that. I think, uh, you know, the Blazers are really going to need him to perform well. They're going to need him to knock down threes, occasionally create at times. You know, he may not be a pick-and-roll guy, but if, if someone gets him the ball, someone closes out. If he doesn't hit the shot, drive hard, uh, you know, and attack the basket. And, that's you know, that's one of the things that he can kind of do um, with those straight line drives if he's not dribbling too much and uh you know they need that they need somebody who can bring them consistent defense and a a shot that can get guys to guard and I think you know with Harkless even though he hasn't been a good shooter his shot just looks better than Al Farouk Aminu's and I don't know if you saw the uh highlight of Al Farouk Aminu hitting the top of the backboard at the NBA African game this weekend but um you know that that's kind of the erratic nature of his shot. You know he shot the ball well last year, but uh, when he misses, he misses badly. And with Harkless, I think there's a little bit more of a sense of it looks replicable. What he's doing looks normal. And uh, you know whether that's actually 
gonna you know force guys out or not I, I i think that that factors in i you know it talking about analytics and stats again you know aminu shot the three well last year team still didn't respect him and so that's just that's just part of the problem with shooting i think it's one of the things they missed last year with alan crab was that crab was a guy that when he caught the ball the defense had to respect him even though he wasn't much of a threat to drive to the basket or, or do a lot of other things you know he was a great shooter and and guys had to respect him and he was able to d- develop other parts of his game and now he's improving 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 and he's gotten even better in Brooklyn so uh the Blazers need someone that the defense will fear outside of CJ and Damian Lillard uh and I think Harkless is going to be a guy that they're really going to need to count on they're going to need him to rebound the ball they're going to need him to defend and they're also going to need him to be okay with the occasional night not being the man and uh I think he he got that at the end of last year and I think uh, he came into last season believing that uh, he was going to be a major part of the offense, that he was going to get the ball a lot. I think, you know, he just like all guys do, they work on their game, they work on their moves, they work on everything to try and get a bigger role, to get more responsibility on a team. And a lot of times early on last season, the Blazers were feeding Nurkic, they were feeding Damon CJ. And I think one of the things that may help Harkless is that they may not be uh, as quick to force feed Nurkic now. You know, they have him, but they may not be force feeding him in the post as they were earlier on, on in the season last year. Maybe they involve Harkless a little bit more. Maybe he becomes a bigger part of the offense. And that's a guy that if he plays well and can play up to the level that uh, to the high level he can play at, but can doing it consistently, which has always been the struggle for Harkless. You know that's uh, uh, almost an acquisition in itself. So, uh, you know, Harkless, I thought last year coming into last year was going to be the most important guy uh, in terms of growth for the team, and it didn't turn out to be that way. They found a lot of other guys that contributed to help them win games, like Napier and Pat Connaughton, uh, who's on Milwaukee now, but uh, and, and Napier is in Brooklyn, but they're paying Harkless ten million dollars a year to deliver to be that guy on the wing. He's getting paid more than Aminu. He, when you look at his his body of work and the times that he's played in big games, he should be that guy, but he wasn't last year. And I think some of that was, um, you know, some emotional, some personal, you know, things that were going on there that I think have since been resolved and I think they were resolved during the season last year so if Harkless can get back to the level he was at before he got injured yeah that is huge for Portland and that will that if he does that and Damon CJ continue to play like they do or even get a little bit better you know that's a huge thing for this Blazers team to have a consistent wing that can play defense that can shoot that can post up a little bit and take some pressure off of CJ and Dame from time to time and uh, and also guard the best guy on the other team. You know that that's ideally what Harkless's role is going to be on this Blazers team. And if he can do that, uh, that would go a long way in helping Portland outplay their projections. They're going to need some other things as well. They're going to need some of those new younger guys like Gary Trent and Stauskas and Curry to really knock down three pointers. They're going to need that. They're going to need Zach Collins. But I do think Harkless is a guy that. 
had trouble impacting the game last year on a consistent basis from the at the start of the season. So if he can do that at the very beginning and do it consistently throughout the season, like we have seen him do, you know, that's going to be big for Portland. And I think they, you know, will be able to, you know, fight for one of those playoff spots and get into the postseason and outperform that over under. So um, a lot of it is going to be on Harkless though. And uh, you know, looking forward to seeing what he's got in store this year. So Harkless very much looking forward to it. A big season coming up ahead for him. And that's going to do it for me on this edition of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. We're going to try and ramp up these podcasts as we get closer and closer to training camp and the season. So uh, we'll have more when more news permits. And uh, keep it locked on here on Locked On Blazers. And we will see you next time.